It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Locked On Wizards Podcast. It's your host, The Real Ed Oliver. I just want to thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. Today we have special guest, Brendan from the Wizard of Gallery Place Podcast. How are you feeling today, man? Doing good, man. Slow time in basketball world right now. As well, at least with the Wizards, but excited to talk about it with you for a little bit. Definitely. Yeah. It is the dog days of the season. They, they had the new jerseys. The schedule just came out. Um, today we're going to just talk about the rumor mill or what the Wizards have been, um, you know, involved in. They've been tied to Donovan Mitchell. Sham Sharania keeps tying them, tying the Wizards to Donovan Mitchell. Um, he actually tied the Wizards, uh, basically the same article again. He put in the Athletic saying that the Wizards and Charlotte are teams that are interested in trading for Donovan Mitchell. They've been tied to Colin Sexton. Um, so. What are your thoughts on the Wizards being involved in, or being tied to a guy like Colin Sexton? Um, with Colin Sexton, I so I think with both these guys, with Sexton and Mitchell, it's not necessarily the best fit, but I think the Wizards are kind of in a tough spot where, yeah, they do need to worry about fit because we've seen what that's like in the past couple seasons when you have guys that don't necessarily fit and it can just completely mess up everything. But at the same time, this is also a team that's so depleted of talent that you're almost like, well, if, if he's any good and better than what we have on paper, let's go ahead and bring him in. Like, would we rather have uh, DeLon Wright or Colin Sexton? I mean, I think the answer is pretty clear. Um, would you rather have Colin Sexton or Monte Morris? It may be a, a little bit more debatable, but I think most people would probably still say Colin Sexton. So um, I I wonder what the, the plan would be for him. Would he be a six man? Would they try and start him at point guard? I think an ideal role for Sexton would be to, to come off the bench in that case. But um, if he does start at point guard, I mean, that's something that he's done before in Cleveland, obviously when they got, uh, Darius Garland fourth overall it made things a little bit difficult for them to kind of work things out and Sexton is still a little bit uh, undersized he's about 6'2 um, I think he's a little bit better defender than what he gets credit for um, I'm, I'm I guess the numbers say that he's not a really good defender but whenever I watch him he seems like a good ball hawk um, we'll, we'll get in guys face play solid man-to-man we'll play up straight so um, again I guess the numbers just aren't that good on him but um, where we are right now and where our team stands, I'm not sure I would trade anything for him. So if it had to come down to trading Monte Morris and um, a protected first, I don't know what a package would be. For Colin Sexton, I'd probably pass. Um, but it's definitely a name that I would keep in mind and uh, going forward for sure because the, the, this roster is not done. Um, towards the, the trade deadline, I'm sure there's going to be some shakeups one way or another is Tommy always likes to keep things rotating, it seems. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it at this point. I mean, I would take him, uh, but I guess it just depends on the context of, okay, are we just signing him outright? Do we have to trade for him? What we have to trade for him? So it's not like I I would be itching to acquire him. Definitely, yeah. Plus, he's a, he's a good player, but, you know, fit next to Bradley Bill, he's, he's more of a scoring guard. We saw how that worked out last year. I do think he's, you know, more explosive 
and more of an athlete. Of course, he's younger than the guy that we brought in last year that didn't fit at, at point guard next to Bradley Bill. But it, it is intriguing. I mean, the guy can score 24 points a game. You know, some of his, there's there's reports about his teammates not liking him and not, you know, him not passing the ball like him and Kevin Love uh, with Cleveland. So it would be intriguing. Of course, you know, Wes Unsell Jr. and Tommy Shepard, they're looking for a pass for his point guard. And he's not it. He's more of a scoring guard. I think, like you said, coming off the bench as a six man, he'd be better suited because he's an electric scorer. He's an electric talent. I mean, he can shoot. He can get to the basket at will. So um, just upgrading the talent, like you said, I mean, the Wizards need more talent. I mean, you look at them compared to the rest of the Eastern Conference. And um, they have some young guys that are good, but they do need more top-end talent, you know, compared to, you know, your Giannis and, and Joel Embiid, those guys, and then Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Eastern Conference is it's getting better every year. So, um, but it would be interesting. And it's another guy coming off, a, a, off of an injury, a torn meniscus. So we've done that before, you know, can he play back-to-backs and stuff like that. We don't want to really go through that again. But, you know, talent trumps all. So I highly doubt that happens. But, yeah, he's – it would have to be a sign and trade. I know the Cavs offered him a three year, um, $40 million deal. He's not happy about that. He thinks he's worth more than that. So, uh, you know, we, <laughs> I know and he's, he didn't play at all last year. He's a, he's a darn good player, he's super talented, but I don't think it happens, but it would be intriguing. It depends on what you would have to give up as well. Um, but transitioning to Donovan Mitchell. So this is another report today from this isn't this wasn't from shams but this one i just saw about donovan mitchell this was yeah actually i'm sorry this one is from shams Sharania. so it says the jazz want a significant upgrade from what the knicks are currently offering for donovan mitchell the knicks have offered evan fournier obi toppin and five first round picks this was reported about two or three hours ago from shams Sharania. so what do you think about that trade package do you think that's something that the wizards could possibly beat out Obi Toppin, Evan Fournier, and five first-round picks? I do, just because I think what they're wanting to give up right now, what we could offer is better than mm-hmm. that. Even though we could offer less draft picks. Like, I know right now we could offer three. We could do the 25, the 27, and the 29. Um, mm-hmm. Everything else right now because of rules – or because our draft picks are tied up somewhere else, we're not able to move them. But um, I think, and I, this would be my package. So I would have done Denny, Daniel Gafford, Johnny Davis. Um, and then I think it was Will Barton. And then you still have to add another player for salary. So let's just say Monte Morris for uh, kicks and giggles. And those three picks. I think that that's 100% better than that package that the Knicks want to offer right now. Who I'm mad at right now is uh, the Timberwolves because <laughs> they completely jacked up the the asking price for um, Donovan Mitchell because of the, the Rudy Gobert trade when a guy you can't play in the fourth quarter really went for four first-round picks. I mean, that's just unheard of. It was – an extreme asking price that no one else is going to pay. And that's why a deal got done so early in the off season is because no one else is going to pay that. Um, and I understand the, the Timberwolves think that their window is now they think they can, they saw the the light when they were playing the Grizzlies in that series. So um, I don't blame them for trying to make a push. I'm just not sure that's the piece I would have invested in. Also, when you factor in the the price that they had to give up to get him, it's bold. It, it was a, uh, a very bold move to make, but that next package that they're offering right now, if 
that's what's being reported is what they're offering. That's not a good package. And I wouldn't mm-hmm. accept that, but I mean, th- there is something to be said for the five first round picks, but I believe according to those reports, I think two or three of them were protected if I'm not mistaken. So it's mm-hmm. not like they're getting five unprotected, like in the, in the Paul George deal. And, and that deal right. was also extremely rare just because um, he had already pretty much said that he was going to want his way out once Kawhi managed to, to get with the Clippers as well. So obviously you get that return of a lifetime. Um, if you're the Thunder, you take that deal. And if you're the Jazz, you certainly take that with the with sending Gobert to Minnesota. But now the, the problem is, is now obviously Donovan Mitchell has more value around the league than Rudy Gobert. And so naturally they're going to want more than the, the four picks. And so New York is like, okay, we'll give you five. Like, that's already pretty historic that we're giving you five picks. So I'm not sure I want to give you much more. So that's where they throw in Evan Fournier and then, okay, Obi Toppin. So from a a draft compensation standpoint, yeah, I mean, that may be as good as you're going to get it. But from a player aspect, from what the Knicks could give up, um, Emmanuel Quickly, Quentin Grimes, we already know that they want R.J. Barrett, and that's not happening. Um, But those are guys that the Jazz – should be intent on trying to get back um, in a Donovan Mitchell deal, because obviously you want to increase what you're bringing in. You don't just want to look at the five picks and say, all right, that's good enough. And then just make the deal and settle for what else is in the deal. And I've said this too, several times to different people Um, just because a team may have more, like if they were like, well, most of it is they just want the draft picks, right? So if that's what it is, even though they may have more draft picks than to give out, um, if they're still not offering the young talent that they feel should be necessary to get a deal done, then maybe there is no deal to be had with them. If the if the Knicks or if the Jazz are like, we want Quentin Grimes and Emmanuel quickly, or this deal is not happening. I don't care how many draft picks you give us. I don't care if you give us Obi Toppin, but we want those other two guys. Brooklyn morning, Scotty Barnes. It's like, yeah, you could make a deal with the Raptors that doesn't include Scotty Barnes, but why would you make a deal if it doesn't include Scotty Barnes? I think that seems kind of foolish on on Brooklyn side of things. So I think that's kind of the same thing here with the with the Knicks and the Jazz and just trying to you don't want to sell yourself short. You know, if you feel like you have this all-star level player, uh you're going to want pieces back in a deal, not just five picks and then some change that you can't really build your franchise around. Even though draft picks do have value, we also have to remember that draft picks are kind of hit and miss, as we've seen with our own draft picks. Just <laughs> right. because you get a pick doesn't mean that you're coming away with a star or an all-star. Um, I understand what value it has in front offices, but sometimes you need proven players in a deal to to really sweeten it to get it done. And I'm just not sure the Knicks want to include both at this point. And to be honest, I don't blame them because it is a lot. Right. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on a lot of points you said. Um, and I, I actually think I'm, I'm with you. I think the Wizards actually really could beat that offer of just you know obi Toppin and evan fournier is only for one it's only two players and you know evan fournier you kind of he's he's overpaid right now he's a good player but he's not like a game changer at all but um before i do want to piggyback a little bit more what you said this episode is brought to you by rocket money used to be called true bill so why did true bill change his name to rocket money we'll tell you what we heard true bill true bill now backed by rocket companies has grown from a bill management app into a full-on personal finance empowerment tool that helps over 3.4 million people with budgeting, lowering bills, canceling subscriptions, and more, saving each of their members on average 
$700 a year. And with all that growth comes the next evolution in Truebill's story, a new name. Bottom line, Rocket Money is everything I've loved about Truebill, but with a fresh look and feel. Start canceling your unused subscriptions to save money at rocketmoney.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's rocketmoney.com slash LockedOnNBA. Or download the app from the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, I mean, basically the equivalent of that would, I mean, we don't have five first round picks to give up right now. I mean, I know they're all tied up with the Knicks right now with the, the from the John Wall, Russell Westbrook trade and the first round protected pick. Um, the Thunder had it. Now the Knicks have it from the Knicks making a trade with the Thunder. So everything's kind of wonky and tied up right now. But yeah, the two players, I mean, we could offer two better players than that. I mean, like if they, if the Wizards really, really wanted to do this, I, I think Kyle Kuzma is a better player than Evan Fournier or equivalent. Um, Obi Toppin, I mean, you can compare him to Rui, really. So, or, you know, you could say, some of our young guys are, are similar or better. So, I mean, you could, you could, you could pick one of the three guys like Corey, Denny, Denny or Rui or um, Kuzma or Will Barton, one of the veterans. And then the three first round picks, or you would have to throw in a little bit more like Will, maybe Kuz and, and, and maybe Denny, but it, it would, it would seem a little too much to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, like, like I'm, what I'm getting to is that the Wizards, if they really, really, really want a Donovan Mitchell, they definitely could match that trade. Or have equivalent, or even more. They just wouldn't have the the at the picks um, to match. So I do. I think that that actually leads me to think that is actually it might the Wizards have more of a chance than what I thought before. I thought it was a zero percent chance because I thought, like you said, the Rudy Gobert trade where the 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 um, Timberwolves or the Jazz ended up getting how many picks? Like six or seven first round picks. I thought it was going to have to be something like that, uh, which it kind of seems like it may have to be something like that, but. Um, I think it's I think it's somewhat realistic, but is it really worth it to do it? That's the question mark there. So I did want to get your take on, you know, how much do you think if the Wizards actually did acquire Donovan Mitchell and they paired him with Bradley Bill and they were able to keep Chris Tapps? Because the main thing for me is you got to keep Chris Tapps. There's mm-hmm. no point in trading for Donovan Mitchell if you're trading Chris Tapps Porzingis, in my opinion. You want to have somewhat of a big three, in a sense, because you would have three legitimate players who are capable of being an all-star. Bradley Bill's a three-time all-star. Donald Mitchell's gonna make he's gonna be an all-star again this year, as he always is. And the Chris Haps, if he if he's healthy, a big if he's going to be an all-star, uh, or is capable of being an all-star. Yeah. Um, what what do you think is the Wizards ceiling if they were to pull off this trade? I think if they were to pull it off and you have Beal, you still have KP, I think second round should be the immediate goal. Like, that's immediately what they should be trying to get to. And I know the Eastern Conference is a lot tougher, and the Hawks are um, beefing up with DeJounte Murray. Um, you figure the the Celtics, Raptors, Heat um, will all still be relevant. So um, we'll see what happens in Brooklyn with Kyrie and Kevin Durant. If they end up just playing, I mean, they'll probably still be competitive. Uh, the Bucks, of course. So – it's going to be tough in the ease, but if I have those three and if, if what we saw from KP these last 17 games isn't a mirage and that's like what we're going to get in a, in a wizard system and a West Sun cell junior system with KP being 
one of the main focal points. Um, we had Bradley Beal, who, to be honest, can't get much worse than what he was this past season, in my opinion. Like, if we got worse than that, then we are in trouble. Uh, but I don't think he's going to be that bad again. I think he'll he'll be much better. Uh, you throw in Donovan Mitchell to that, I think immediately you're talking second round. And if things gel correctly, then Eastern Conference Finals. That's how I would be looking at it. And I get the concerns from the defensive aspect Everyone likes to to magnify the the Wizards being undersized in that scenario, and um, I get it. But the the Celtics backcourt when they went to the Eastern Conference Finals was Isaiah Thomas and Avery Bradley. So I digress. Uh, you know, I, I think it just depends on what you have around those guys. Can you put quality defenders around them? Can you put guys around them that can um, hit shots when their name is called? So. That's what I would be more concerned about than just their size. Because, again, there's backcourts that have been smaller that have gone to to win championships. Um, Dwayne Wade was, what, 6'3". Mario Chalmers is, what, six foot. I know that you have LeBron and Chris Bosh, but I'm just saying, you know, I, I think that the whole, well, he's 6'1", and Bradley Beal 6'3". I'm not really concerned about that, to be honest with you. Now, how they run an offense with those three um, – I think it would still be pretty easy to manage, to be honest. But, I mean, what you don't want it to turn into is um, Brad and Spida basically just being what Wall and Beal were forever, which is just pound the ball at the top of the key, try to attack and create something out of it. It works to an extent, but you need something else to be able to go to, especially in the playoffs. Uh, But I feel like talent-wise, that's enough there to be a really uh, competitive team, for sure, at least in the East. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Definitely. It, it would probably be similar to what it was with Scott Brooks with the first team, the 120. It would be a lot of points put up, but the defense definitely uh, would be a uh, not a strong point for the Wizards. Now, I'm with you on the height thing, too. I, I don't really get into the height thing too much. I mean, we had a, you know, we had a somewhat of a tall backcourt last year with Dinwiddie and Bill. And, um, you know, we finished the year ranked 25th in, in defensive rating. So our, our defense isn't good right now. Um, as a, I mean, I think they have better pieces now to have potentially have a better defense, but yeah, the talent bar would just be raised. The fit with, with D Mitch and bill, I know they're two undersized guards, but, um, if you're able to keep Monte Morris and have some, uh, some type of point guard to keep the, the troops, um, and get guys set up and have that steady Eddie presence to get guys set up and, um, constructed and get their shots off. Um, I think the Wizards would be fine. I think the ceiling, like you said, I think it would be a second round. They're still not better than the top four teams in the Eastern Conference, but they still would be a better team than what they have right now. I know you would lose some of the depth because the the trade that's been really thrown out there that I did see, um, this one was uh, from Bleacher Report. And your trade too, you know, I think your trade they were able to keep. They were able to keep Kyle Kuzma. Um, I think that's a that's a guy that you really really want to keep out of all the other guys that are on the roster. Um, the trade they had was Johnny Davis, Denny, Rui, Will Barton, the 2025, 2027, and 2029 unprotected first round picks. If they can get those um, picks unprotected, um, I, I think that's I think that's a good. I mean, your starters would be Monte Morris, D. Mitch. It would be a weird fit 
Donovan Mitchell, Brad, and then Kuzma at the four, and then Zingas at the five. And then you would still have, you know, DeLon right off the bench, a good defensive point guard. But, yeah, I mean, they would be explosive. They would put up probably 120 points a game, but they'd probably give up about, you know, 115, 118, 120 points a game too. So it would be a fun team to watch, but it would definitely raise the ceiling. Um, and the Wizards just need – the. It's a, it's an easy thing to say, but the the NBA it's it's just a star driven league. It's it's where you need talent. Yeah, I mean, at minimum, it puts butts in seats too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that there would be a three team deal to work out, like how we said, well, we would start Monte, Mitch, and Beal. I'm not sure that's the route they'd go, so I'm sure they try and mm-hmm. find um, a third team to get involved. I still think a deal with the the Wizards, Hornets. And the Jazz makes a lot of sense where we get Donovan Mitchell. Um, you send Gordon Hayward to Charlotte. Um, you can send Jordan Clarkson to, to Charlotte to help them get off the salary. You can send Kyle Kuzma to Charlotte to give them a four that they've lost. Um, th- there's a three-team deal that I've put out there that I think makes a lot of sense for all the teams involved. Uh, Utah still gets their picks because we're giving the Hornets Kuzma. They're giving us uh, Denver's first-round pick they own that we can reroute to Utah on a deal. So it's, it's a whole thing. Um, and I think it, it makes a lot of sense, but I do think that there would be a third team involved if a, if a deal were to happen where we end up getting Donovan Mitchell for some reason. That kind of helps thin things out a little bit more, for sure. Definitely, yeah. So um, Donovan, I mean, he's he has a six nine wingspan, so I guess that does help a little bit with the uh, being six one. Like you said, with short point cards, um, you know, Chris Paul is six feet, but you know, the thing is, Donovan, he's not a point guard. The cons are that your turn, it could be a your turn, my turn kind of thing, like you said, with John Wall and Brad. Um, but, of course, John's more of a natural point guard. But it, it would be intriguing to see if they could pull something like this off. It definitely brings some star power to the Wizards that they haven't had in, in a couple of years. Um, but I do want to get to um, some Wes Unsell Jr. talk um, before we wrap this one, or we could get to it on the next episode. Um, we'll talk about the jerseys and uh, Brendan. I just want to thank you for coming on for part one. We're going to have Brendan on for part two coming up. I just want to thank you guys for listening, making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. Now for your second listen, just want to make sure you guys check out the Locked On NBA podcast. Make sure you guys subscribe on YouTube. And Brendan, uh, where can they find you on Twitter? Threes is Trice. Yes, sir. Hell to the Wizards. Peace. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.